Live from the Battleborn Broadcast Center, it's Cofield and Company. Even at like seven, I was very cheap, and I'm like, I'm going to have this, this shirt for a long time. I can't even comprehend this question. I wouldn't want land. I wouldn't want animals. I don't want any of that. I don't want scenery. I don't want space. No, it didn't look like... I don't like, want open spaces at all. It didn't look like there was a... within miles of that place. I'm out. It's time for Cofield and Company with Steve Cofield on ESPN Las Vegas. All right, here we go on it's Cofield and Company, Battlemore on uh, Broadcast Center. Adam Hill is the company. Busy day, just got a lot busier in the last 90 minutes or so. We thought we had a big Raider story with uh, John Gruden in court, but we probably have a bigger one beyond that with the news that uh, Colin Kaepernick will be working out or is working out or has worked out. We'll get the uh, skinny from Adam Hill, of course, our Raiders expert here on Cofield and Company. Let's do it. It's the three on Cofield and Company. But before any of that, wanted to mention once again, great spot yesterday morning. You can go listen to it on LVSportsNetwork.com. Riley Smith was in studio from the Vegas Golden Knights. He talked about wanting to stay with the Golden Knights, uh, although nothing's been forged yet in terms of a deal. Why was he in studio? Well, he's heading up the battle for Vegas, big softball game between uh, the Raiders and the Vegas Golden Knights. You can buy your own tickets. We'll have some giveaways along the way, but uh, at LV Ballpark, Going down on July 18th, battleforvegas.com. And I thought there was an interesting moment in the interview where the uh, press box guys asked Riley Smith a question, and I'm like, you know what? If anyone ever asked me that again, uh, I don't plan on uh, going on like a speed dating deal. If anyone asked me this question ever in my life, I don't think I'll have an answer on the tip of my tongue. I want to see what Adam has to say. You know, I don't have too many hobbies. You know, I watch a lot of movies, play golf, and take my dog for walks. Really not too much. You know, I try to play tennis every now and then. You know, I actually tried to pick up surfing last week, but it doesn't look like that's going to go anywhere. So I'll, uh, I'll hang up my wetsuit. And uh, I did three days in a row and I was, oh, I was up early. I really tried to give it, you know, my honest, uh, my honest try, but uh, it's, it's, it's really hard. And I never grew up skateboarding or, or doing anything like that. So it's pretty foreign to me. Okay. One, if I'm his agent, I call him up and go, you, you were doing what? You don't have a deal, and you were surfing? Stop, Riley Smith. But the, the bigger issue is hobbies. When's the last time somebody asked you, hey, Adam, what are your hobbies? And would you have an answer? It actually happens more than you think. I don't know why. I get the question a lot. I don't have an answer. People are nervous do. around you and don't know what to talk about, so they're like, what are your hobbies, Maybe. Adam? Uh, fantasy sports? I don't know. Well, I, I knew betting? it. I knew. You know, it's not, I didn't, folks. I didn't believe me. I didn't live betting. I didn't sideswipe him with this. He knew about the question about two hours ago. I did. Yeah. And I, I thought about it yesterday, and I was like, my list would be kind of ridiculous. Well, what what is a hobby? I guess anything you do on the side outside of work. Fantasy sports and live betting. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so it's kind of more sports. But I guess watching YouTube? I mean, Candy went through a whole thing. He's like, I guess my dog is a hobby. I mean, your dog, pets sure. kind of are a hobby. Like, you cannot have them. And when you have them, they can be a pain in the ass and expensive. I mean, scrolling, doom scrolling on Twitter? That's another one. I guess. Sure. You've been, you've had a lot of material last sure. couple of days. Sure. I, I would say that. mine are 
slicing meat and cheese. Um, I've become, I was thinking about it the other day. I think I spend more well, time. If you eat it, though, if you eat it, that's not a hobby. What am I supposed to do? Make it into arts and crafts? Yeah, sculpture. Yeah, sure. If you're if you're preparing your your food, that's not a hobby. Well, cooking is a hobby. By the way, I just thought I did just think of one. cooking can be a sure hobby. Good. Not like beyond basic cooking can be a hobby. Like we're gonna talk to Judge Dan later on. He's a big smoker. Not you know not that kind. Uh, you know he loves to smoke meats. That that's a hobby. I did just think of mine. Yeah. It's a. Uh, Visiting the sites of horrific scenes on the road. That's a good point. I forgot. Yeah, that's yeah, along one. with doom scrolling, it's sure. doom's visiting. Yeah. That's yeah. something I do often. And on top of that, I've just become OCD. Like, I think I spend probably a good 15 minutes every day loading and rearranging the dishwasher. I want all the forks <laughs> and, and in the right spots. Everything has to be right. Um, I work in my backyard now often. Handles, handles definitely up for you with the silverware, right? I, I've had this argument with too many people. No, I don't. I put handles down. You have to put them up. You think you get more pressure from the bottom? No. That's the argument of people say, well, you have to put them up so you, you so you, you're cleaning. So yeah. you, you clean them. No, you have to put the handles. The wait, sorry, the handle is up. The right. actual fork and spoon right, are I down. It, I get it. So when you pull it out, you're not touching the actual fork and spoon. But people say you put the the actual fork and spoon part facing up so it gets cleaner. Yeah. But no, then you okay. have to pull it out with your hands. You like could you, be dirty. You have to put the handle. Face the I've handles up, so you grab the handle and put it away. I've, I've learned from the knives. you got to have it in one area. Otherwise, it gets, you could stab yourself. And then I've got two different sets of silverware. So the old silverware goes on the left. The new goes on the right. The right drawer is on the right side of the – or the right silverware drawer is on the right side of the kitchen, left, left. So then I rotate and go around. It's the whole thing. Well, if it's that – This is my life now. If it's that in organized. My 50s, this, is, this is my life. Um, the other part of it is I am very much into – and there's no sorting to be done. It's just – Doing basic sorting of the recyclables. I it's every day. I'm just out to that blue bin. I got a second bin. I'm transferring. I'm crushing. Does this go in? No, that doesn't go in. But it sounds like if you have everything organized, that you shouldn't be spending that long doing it. It should be life. done very quickly. Yeah, you got to be got to be ready to go every day. Got to be ready to go every day. So today we think, we think. Do we have confirmation on this? I saw Schefter come out with it, and then I saw your newspaper confirmed at least the basics, and I just heard, uh, or I just saw AP guys just confirm the basics. Colin Kaepernick working out with the Raiders today? Yeah. Wow. Okay. That's interesting. There's, I think there's a lot behind this. Aside from, hey, he deserves a chance, and I believe he would be the, if he is anywhere close to what he was six years ago, then he would be the instant choice for backup quarterback, but he's been away for six years. I'm not worried about the physical rust. I'm worried about the mental rust in terms of, you know, now having to mix in, and that's why you bring him in in May, right? Mix in with a new organization. Is there or are there ulterior motives here? Media availability is tomorrow. Uh, none of you guys who cover the Raiders on a day-to-day basis have had a chance to ask about the New York Times story or Dan Ventrelli. But why would you need to? Colin Kaepernick is the story now, Adam. There's no time for that. It, Sweep it out of the way. This It sucks because you know how I feel about Kaepernick. <laughs> and I've wanted him to have a chance for so long. Oh, don't do it. Don't rain on his parade. Don't do it. Literally, what we didn't we talk about We don't want it. honesty from you. We want agendas. We didn't talk about it. But it's literally the conversation I had as I was pulling into the parking lot here. I was on the phone with somebody else in the media. Right. And I said... Do they really think this is going to work? Like that we'll just ask about Kaepernick tomorrow instead of everything else that's going on? You will. Oh. Only Cap. It'll questions. be a question. Well, 
You will ask about the other stuff. Other members of your paper will ask only about the cap stuff. No, and, and, and the young guys. No, I've... we'll see. Never mind. We'll see. Uh, Delineation of duties, <laughs> but from reading your newspaper, are pretty interesting. So we'll build on the cap stuff. All right. We'll we'll leave it at that. We'll get Adam's thoughts here in just a little bit. Uh, you were in court today. What did you do wrong? Uh, nothing. Not this time. Not this time. Okay, John Gruden. John Gruden was in court. You had a great photo of his back, and I think that was him. His hair. Yeah, it was. he looked that's, good. That's why. That's why I took that photo. <laughs> he looked good. That's why I took the photo. Adam's on the scene. You can Some tell. Some blonde guy is in court. You can tell it's him by the back of his head, which is tremendous. <laughs> uh, John Gruden didn't do anything wrong either. Well, correction, did, but he was the plaintiff, not the defendant in this case. Yeah. John Gruden, of course, suing the NFL. Um, very procedural. There's no, uh, there's no fireworks. There's no. Uh, who was the? Was it Matlock? He was the uh, the attorney. Wherever sure. there would always be like some big splashy moment, and yeah. you know the the defendant <laughs> would. I did okay. I did it. Right. So there's nothing like that. Just two lawyers kind of giving their takes on the case back and forth, and we had already kind of seen their arguments based on the the written arguments that they presented, and um, yeah, then the judge made a very just a very okay. Heard you both. Here's the ruling. And you're like what? And, what? and the ruling was buzz off NFL. We're moving forward with this. We can move forward. So there was two parts of this, and and just so it's clear, this is exactly what happened today. The NFL said no, no, no. This should be arbitration. Anything deal with contract should be arbitration. And we can get into why that wasn't the case. That lost. The NFL lost that. The judge said no. No arbitration staying in court. So immediately the NFL went into their second motion, which was, all right, fine. It's in court. Just throw it out then, judge. And the judge is like, no. Which is always the first attempt. <laughs> of course, yeah. You got to try. Yeah. It's, it's, a, it's a standard how about you just throw it out based on there's nothing here? And the judge said, no, nah, the, the bar for that is very high. But, of course, the first ruling, that's the big one. That is the one people are going to be interested in, and there's massive implications for the first ruling. But, of course, within minutes after I get the announcement from the NFL, oh, we're appealing that. So this is far from over, but we do have the first step in the process. Victories for John Gruden today in court. Coming up next, Justin Watkins, Battleborn Injury Lawyers, will join us as we'll get into uh, the legal News of the day. We actually have two spots today. Judge Dan is coming up later on, so we'll get into the Gruden stuff with Judge Dan. But a lot of local stories with one Justin Watkins, including Receiptgate. How about that receipt for $137,000 at EDC that had like $28,000 in weird fees? Is that legal? Coming up next, ESPN Las Vegas legal analyst Justin Watkins joins Cofield and Company in studio to break down the biggest legal stories in the world of sports. It's time for ESPN Las Vegas legal insider Justin Watkins to lay down the law. Only on Cofield and Company. Wednesday, ESPN Las Vegas. We always check in with our legal insider, Justin Watkins, Battleborn Injury Lawyers. Another HOA story. We love these things. We love these things. This time it is a bumper sticker. So I guess there's a dude uh, in a neighborhood near LV Boulevard and Windmill. His bumper sticker, we've seen these all over town, Let's Go Brandon, and apparently someone in the neighborhood was not happy. The HOA came down on him saying he must remove it. What? It's weird because they tried to reach out to the HOA president and was referred to the attorney who sent the letter, and the attorney referred Fox 5 to the police department. Uh, I have no idea why that would happen. 
And the police department just said, we have no idea what this is. Nothing's been sent to us in regards to this. There's no investigation. And there basically wouldn't be because this isn't a criminal matter. This would be a civil matter. From my perspective, this is a really easy one. If they were to go to court on this issue, the homeowner would win. The HOA is a quasi-government entity and can not suppress freedom of political speech. We, we are aware of this. Uh, there is case law on this issue uh, because HOAs and specifically kind of guard gated, really strict HOAs in the past had put into their, uh, into their bylaws that you couldn't have, say, political signs showing that you supported a particular candidate. They said no political signs of any kind. It actually, I believe, used to be a rule in all of Summerlin. Um, and was tested uh, in court, and the court said, you can't do that. Uh, freedom of political speech is freedom of speech. You cannot suppress it in that regard. Um, and so political signs are allowed. A bumper sticker on somebody's car that is not outwardly using foul language, th there's no chance they would win this uh, They would win this in court. The, the HOA, that being, the, the homeowner would. But the way the HOAs win is... They know that fighting over this is rarely going to be advantageous for the homeowner, so they just do it, even though they know they're 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 in the wrong. They they just do it anyway. You know, they're bullies most of the time. Justin Watkins with us. We had a uh, Las Vegas hotel robbery. Just curious, your 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 take on this and what the charges will be. I guess a woman um, allegedly escaped with a hundred thousand dollars in cash and valuables uh, due to staying at the Encore in. Early May brings this woman and some others back to his room at like three in the morning. They see her leaving on a casino cameras at six in the morning, and uh, the dude claims fifty thousand dollars cash and then a watch, a Patek Philippe watch that was worth fifty thousand dollars. Yeah. So first off, it, it I know he said in his statement that he vaguely remembers inviting people back to his room. It's critical to this case that that's. The video does not show that. It shows him only inviting a single person back to his room, oh a, a woman. And and that's important because the property's missing and they've confirmed on cameras the only person who had access to the room was her. And that is an uh, important factor for the police in arresting and that we don't have the charging complaint yet, but I'm sure that will follow. And yeah, this is, I mean, based on the value of the goods, these are felonies. Um, and so, I mean, we're looking at uh, at least two counts um, uh, felony burglary. And so I, I think there's going to be it, it's unlikely that the person is going to come out of this with just probation. There's going to be some time. Just to guess, do you think they ran a toxicology on the victim? No, I don't think uh, it, it's immaterial. It is. Right. If, if, sure, he, if, sure. he, if he was drugged, it doesn't matter. Oh, whether or not he was drugged. Yeah. Uh, it seemed I, I made the supposition from the the victim statements that he was intoxicated okay. willingly <laughs> that's because because he was referencing from a point of perspective that he's unsure of what happened and did not seem to um be unaware as to why he was unsure i guess is the best way to say it but yeah i mean if it if his allegation was hey i only had a single drink and i don't know why i i can't remember this stuff um then then yeah I mean, they, they, he certainly could have consented to it, but I don't think it would have been anything ordered outside of, by court order um, outside of him 
volunteering that information and agreeing to have a toxicology report. Justin Watkins with us, uh, Battleborn Injury Lawyers, 5709000. So HOAs, always a big hit on this show. Uh, Vegas receipts are a big hit nationwide when people see the prices of Vegas uh, restaurants and bars. And this one caught a lot of people's attention. It was at EDC, a lot of high-level liquor, although, you know, buckets of water <laughs> that were $75 a piece. And the same thing with the Red Bull buckets, $75 a piece is pretty outrageous as well. But the thing that caught everyone's attention was on a bill that totaled $277,000, there was a 9% admin fee and then obviously the uh, auto tip, which amounted to another $66,000 in uh, 30% fees. Are these fees legal? Does this person or people, do they have to pay that bill in full? Yes, yes, and yes. What? It's legal. Uh, is it ethical? I don't think so. You know, I mean, especially for the water charge. I mean, you, you said $75 a piece, and that's per bottle of water within the bucket so remember that um and so like if that's the charge <laughs> i mean i i think in, in I, i'm i'm more of a free market guy myself but when we live in the desert and we're in the entertainment you know capital of the world and we create these rules that don't allow people to bring outside drinks in we really should create sort of a policy or, or a statute on point that says even in closed venues, you cannot prevent people from bringing in water or if you're going to prevent them from bringing in water, you can't charge anything more than like say $2 a water because it's a health safety issue. We've had people die at EDC. Yep. I mean, you know, we know it's from drug use, but it's also from, you know, overheating. It's from not having access dehydration, um, it's heat stroke. And I don't think we should allow venues and events to hold people hostage in regards to their hydration in the middle of the desert. You know, I just think, I think it's, it's more than just a morally wrong. It, it's, it's something that we need to stand up to and make a change on. On the, uh, on the admin fee of 9%, could you challenge that? I, I would have to look at the ticket. You could you could try to challenge it, but we'd have to look at the tickets and see whether or not there's anything like that disclosed um, it, on the EDC side because it was in the, as part of EDC. So I have no – I've never seen their ticket contract and their terms and conditions. Um, my guess is that 9% is across the board at all uh, stations within EDC, uh, and they're going to – probably call it a venue fee or whatever um, pass through. But if it's disclosed as terms and conditions, then then the answer is no. Um, if it's undisclosed, then the answer is yes. What about on the, quote, service fee? Uh, that's a tip. I think we've been through this before. Can you challenge a, you know, a 20% number? It, it's, again, it's on the disclosure side of things, right? If, if they say for a party of more than blah, 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 right. it's uh, auto fee which can be disclosed at the venue itself or on the tickets. Um, if that's disclosed to you, then that's what you're agreeing to when you go in. If it's undisclosed and then they just do it to you, could you fight it for sure? By the way, I do think labeling it service charge is misleading. I agree. You know, it should it, it should say tip. I know, I know, yeah. you know, most of us can kind of figure it out, but you could also look at it and go, all right, I guess that's a, another random fee. We got a tip on top of this. 
Yeah, I guess, and, but then it would depend on whether or not after that charge there's like uh, lines below that say additional tip or whether they just say tip. Mm, good point. You know, and then the total. Um, you know, I, I was recently in London and I was really confused with their sort of tax and service charges there. And for the first two places, I believed that all these charges that were on my um, on my receipt were auto tip. And I talked my way through it with some of the locals, taxi and otherwise, and they were confused as to whether <laughs> or not they were they were auto tips or not. Um, and they were like, I don't think so. Uh, but, I, but I was like, hey, I looked up these charges uh, and I think I was the service charge equals tip. And I'm like, you know what? Maybe. I don't know. Oh, boy. So, uh, you know, clarity, I think, is, is something we can all agree on um, that we should not be attempting to fool or deceive the customers, um, patrons, the visitors, the tourists, or the locals in regards to any of those charges, right? We, we thrive on tourism, and we have a vested interest as taxpayers to ensure that our tourists are treated fairly and not fraudulently, especially because we actually are investors in getting them here. How's that so? Because we contribute from a taxpayer standpoint to the Las Vegas Convention Center Authority, and that is who is our driving force in getting these kind of events here. Um, and so I think we have a say. All right, Justin, sit tight. Justin Watkins coming back with us in just a few. Battleborn Injury Lawyers. We're at the Battleborn Broadcast Center. And now it's time for a giveaway. 364-1100, caller 7. The ticket window is open, and this is a good one. Lotus Broadcasting got a chance to grab some late tickets for the Eagles. Yes, the Eagles are in town this weekend, the Hotel California Tour. You can grab your own tickets at AXS.com. It's at MGM Grand Garden Arena on Saturday with an 8 o'clock start. Right now, we've got your tickets, 364-1100, 364-1100, to see the Eagles this Saturday. Call Battleborn Injury Lawyers, 702-570-9000, with your questions today. It's time for ESPN Las Vegas legal insider Justin Watkins to present the facts. Only on Cofield and Company. You heard it, Battleborn Broadcast Center. Justin Watkins alongside. All right, Justin, let's get into what Nick Saban said last week and if there's any action folks can take against him, starting with what Nick Saban said about Jimbo Fisher and Texas A&M. Fire this. I mean, we were second in recruiting last year. A&M was first. A&M bought every player on their team, made a deal for name, image, and likeness. All right, we didn't buy one player. All right, but I don't know if we're going to be able to sustain that in the future because more and more people are doing it. Okay, your reaction there said uh, A&M and said bought all 22 recruits. He doesn't name the recruits. So I disagree with the premise of the question that, that, that Nick Saban outright says that they're cheating. I, I take his statement as this. We don't think name, image, and likeness should be used as a recruiting tool. And the fact that a every one of A&M's players got a name, image, and likeness deal that's you know identical at, at a base level, and then there's others on top of that, we don't believe that that's fair. But they're winning in the recruiting battles, and I don't know that it's going to matter if we think it's fair or not in the future. We might have to do it too. That's what I heard in, in Saban's statement. Clearly, <laughs> Jimbo Fisher heard otherwise and he's challenged the media to say 
quit parroting what Saban is saying because you're assuming what he's saying is true and you haven't even looked into whether all 22 recruits got name image likeness deals. Why are you just accepting that as true? Now, if it is untrue, would they have a claim against Saban? I think the answer is yes, because that is absolutely a statement of fact. He's not giving an opinion. Mm-hmm. He is stating factually that all 22 recruits got a name image likeness deal. If it's untrue, Texas A&M should take action. I suspect that it probably is true. Otherwise, you would you would have seen some sort of cease and desist, some sort of letter of you know uh, from A&M to Alabama and Saban saying you can't say this. It's untrue. And if you continue to say it or without retraction, then we're going to sue you. Now, where I think Jimbo Fisher's coming in is saying, we didn't secure the name image likeness. Our boosters or the people who support our program did, not the school, and that's factually untrue. I think there's enough ambiguity in what Saban's saying to say the Texas A&M club, fan base, support, school, the greater universe of Texas A&M secured these NIL deals. Now, you can tell Saban's really looked into this because he started spewing the legal angle on this. You tell me, Justin, is he onto something here? So if the NCAA doesn't get some protection from litigation, whether we got to get an antitrust or whatever it is, from a federal government standpoint, this is not going to change because they cannot enforce their rules, just like Nate said. But the NCAA can't enforce their rules because it's not against the law. And, and unless we get something that protects them from litigation, I don't know what we're going to do about it. I disagree with Saban's premise here, which is that the NCAA cannot enforce its rules because it's not against the law. Untrue. A whole bunch of NCAA's rules are not against the law, but they enforce them anyway. You know, um, we have the famous like bagel case, right, where kid ate a bagel at a at some place and that was seen as an extra benefit that he did not claim. <laughs> right. That's not against the law. Right. But. It's against the NCAA's rules. But he, he's, he's almost right in that the NCAA cannot enforce its rules because it is against the law to enforce the rules in many of these states where they've created this, yep. where they've said you cannot prevent a student from profiting on their name, image, likeness, meaning the NCAA's rules are against the law in this protection from litigation garbage that has nothing to do with anything no you can't be protected from litigation when you break the law of a state in which one of your member schools is participating and why would we want to do that the the foundation of the united states of america is that states can have autonomy to create the rules that they want and that's what unites us now can the federal government come in and create a federal set of rules that supersedes the states they could but the federal rule of we need the federal government to step in to protect against litigation is garbage would not solve the problem it's not even part of the problem it's not even an issue doesn't Watkins with us keep going right but just creating a set of federal rules that are universal is an issue and could be part of solving a problem there hasn't been an appetite to do that. So within this is the whole uh, USC is going out, grabbing players left and right. I think they've got 19 uh, transfers in. A uh, big one was a wide receiver 
from Pittsburgh, and there's a lot of allegations being thrown at USC. And, you know, we know California was one of the first on board here. Um, I want you to react to uh, my theory on what Nevada should be doing. We've talked about this before. We've got two athletic programs at the major schools here that struggle from a money standpoint. Why are we going to the uh, state government level and embracing NIL to the point where uh, we're almost throwing, uh, you know, some of our partner utility money at sponsorship to get to the table to make more money in NCAA championships for our schools. Why don't we go next level? If other states want to lag and they don't want to let kids use the logo or name the school, Nevada should be at the forefront and go, you know what, the kids can make all they want, and we're actually going to push it from a government standpoint. I couldn't agree with you more. Of all the states that should be at the forefront of this, Nevada is number one on the list. It is the most libertarian-minded state that's out there, meaning – you know, if you're, we're going to let you have the freedom to do what you want. You have personal responsibility for your own actions. We'll hold you accountable for those, but we're not going to limit those, right? I mean, we're the only state in, in the union that has legalized prostitution in 14 of its counties, right? I mean, we we were one of the first at the forefront of legalized recreational marijuana. We've had legal, we were the only legalized gambling for a long time, right? We have always said that to the fullest extent that the law will allow and your personal freedoms uh, do not infringe on the freedoms of others, we're going to let you do that. And I, I think Nevada, and we have a legislature that is small enough and nimble enough to make these kinds of changes right now and, and enable our athletic programs to be at the absolute forefront of this stuff. Like, I, I couldn't agree with you more. Yeah, I mean, Ryan Reeves did something for SNWA a couple of years ago. Why isn't that a UNLV yep. athlete, right? I mean, in, in the end, we're investing in our own uh, deal here because the athletic programs have a shortfall all the time, and the states, both of the state schools, Reno and UNLV, really don't have a seat at the NCAA football table for bowl games and the national title because of this rigged system. Buy your way into well, it. What about, the, what about the convention center, right? The convention center is a tax-funded, a taxpayer-funded entity that's purpose is to bring people here. Mm-hmm. It is, you know... Uh, sponsoring the Las Vegas ballpark for the aviators. It has a sponsorship deal and contribution in regards to Formula One. Um, it has a huge budget that specifically goes for sponsorship and and um, and commercialization of Las Vegas as an industry. And why why couldn't we put together something like that for every student athlete at UNLV across all programs? that they put together something that talks about, you know, bringing people to Vegas, come to Vegas and watch, you know, our tennis team, our golf team or whatever football team. And they all get a little something and, and it's taxpayer funded. Yeah. I'm with you. Why aren't we at the forefront of that? We should be. Justin Watkins with us here on Cofield and company. All right. As always, we're up against it. So let's, uh, let's close on a story we hit on yesterday and it's been pretty popular. And that is the story. I hope you saw the video of a former NFL player, now CFL player, Brendan Langley at the uh, Newark Airport. It can get a little uh, choppy there. You know that. You've flown in there before. Um, It features a United Airlines employee uh, coming out from behind uh, his area, his desk. And, you know, in the end, the employee and this football player start going at it, and the football player wrecks him. So who's in trouble here? Impossible to tell based on the video. Because ultimately, who's in trouble is who started it. Um, you know, they both have faced repercussions. The football, ex-football player was arrested on simple battery. 
and the United Airlines employee was fired. Um, now, the United Airlines employee could be fired even if legally he's not in any sort of criminal trouble as the agitator. I, I could see a reason why, which is like reason number one, why are you coming out from behind there? Reason number two is even if somebody is attempting to assault you, you know, you have a set of procedures that you must adhere to, calling security, you know, there's security on the scene, you're at the airport, didn't do any of that, retaliated, if if the football player, and I, and I don't know that, you can't see that from the video, the first hit slap on the video is from the United Airlines employee to the football player, but it looks like there was a push first, I can't tell, and how many pushes there were before that, clearly something happened before that for people to start recording. Now, I suspect, I don't know this, but I suspect that before the police uh, came in and arrested him, that they had talked to witnesses around there and got some sort of consistency amongst them as to how this started and who was first. I can't imagine them coming up with a criminal charge without that. And so, um, you know, I think they both made some mistakes, obviously, for it to escalate to that level, specifically when... um, you're an airport employee, and, and I, I'm sure you're charged with de-escalating these right. kinds of things right. and not escalating them. Um, and so, you know, a lot of bad things happen. And, you know, the, the United Airlines employee thought he had something. You know, he had a little dance to him, and he had his hands up like <clears throat> he knew a little something, and he got knocked out, tried to come back for more. Yeah, if you're the employee and you're 5'6", 260, and you're going against an NFL player with a reach advantage uh, at 6 feet tall and 200 pounds – I'm not saying you should be fighting, but um, if you're a short fatso, um, I think I would try to close space and and try to get a takedown. I, I don't I don't think I'm. That's what I was just saying. Yeah, I don't think I'm dealing you with attack the legs there. Yeah, you got to do something. You got to throw them off. You got to change levels. You got to do something. I mean, he's just wailing away with you know mega right hands and knocking your ass down, and then and then he wound up busting them open. The, the guy actually flipped over, hit some piece of equipment, and he gets up, and his head's all bloodied up. I'm I'm a short guy, and if if I'm in a position where there's nothing else I can do. <laughs> I'm coming at the legs, right? You gotta get it down to the ground. I gotta, I gotta level the playing field. Yeah, I'm guessing your technique, because you actually wrestled, was a little better than uh, you know five six two sixty airline employee. Slightly better. I, I hope, hope so. it is. <laughs> I was gonna say, I hope so. All right, Justin, we appreciate it. Good spot. Five seven zero nine thousand is the number. And again, remind people, uh, Reno is on the horizon here. Big deal for Battleborn Injury Lawyers. Yeah, we open the office next week, uh, June first. We get started up there. Uh, excited to expand into that area. And I'll have to say, you know, getting all this talk about NILs, it's the one issue that we talk about that makes me wish I was running for office because I could tell you in the number of bills that I would be able to present, they would all be on this issue. I really think if we can get one legislator to really care about this issue, um, you know, it only takes one because, you know, I think most of the other legislators would follow along with somebody who's well-educated on the issue, done their homework, um, and, and has a plan. Justin, thank you. 570-9000 is the number here at Battleborn Injury Lawyers. We're about 15 minutes away from the football frenzy. We'll get into a couple of D.C.-related stories. One, the word that owners are trying to collect votes to get Dan Snyder out of the league. Meanwhile, Snyder, trying to get a new stadium, just bought some land... Will his commanders really play 50 miles away from D.C. over an hour drive? That sounds nuts. Call Battleborn Injury Lawyers, 702-570-9000, with your questions today. Oh. 
You're listening to Cofield and Company, live from the Battleborn Broadcast Center on ESPN Las Vegas. So tons of Raider breaking news today. Uh, Adam Schefter, and I know Adam was all over this. Adam Hill, who's in studio here with us, uh, Battleborn Broadcast Center. Um, Schefter just sends out Nevada judge ruled in favor of former Raiders head coach John Gruden on two motions on Wednesday, opening the possibility of a jury trial on his interference claim that the NFL and Roger Goodell selectively leaked Gruden's emails. First, his removal. We'll get into this because we want to know from the court, you know, the whole procedural thing, because really, you know, this is why we have in guys like Justin Watkins, but also Xavier Pope and Judge Dan from the fan in Denver. So Judge Dan's going to step in in about an hour, and we're going to get into like what all of this means, if people should be getting really excited that this is going to be absolute chaos and Armageddon for the NFL. But after that story you know, developed, we knew, that, we knew he was in court today, John Gruden. Then we find out that Colin Kaepernick had a workout today with the Raiders, and I'm here to tell you, I believe that if – he can catch up pretty quickly on the football stuff off the field. Um, I doubt he has any physical limitations now since he's been off for six years. I think he would be their best backup quarterback option. Um, I think Jared Stidham was brought in as a developmental guy because hey, he even said it. Josh McDaniel said, hey, I'd like to have a developmental guy on the roster. Nick Mullins is a dime a dozen backup. Um, so Kaepernick could, could walk right in, and if he looks good, he could actually win the starting quarterback job. But what's happening, and this is always what happens with Colin Kaepernick, is, well, why are they doing this? It can't just be, hey, football. You know, the guy was a good quarterback in the NFL. You want to counter? We've been through all this. He had 16 touchdowns against three interceptions this last year. Go look it up. Okay? So we don't have to do the football part of it. All right? Because to me, he could be a backup in the NFL still in his early to mid-30s. But... Most people will come up with some, oh, this must, Cap is in because of this. You know, Cap walked away because, really because of this. So what is it this time? Is it, hey, the Raiders are trying to deflect from the Ventrelli and New York Times stuff against Mark Davis? Is it, hey, John Gruden's in court. You know what? Let's really screw it to the NFL and bring in Cap since the whole league doesn't want him back. He hasn't gotten a real workout in five or six years. So what ul- ulterior motive are you going with? Well, I think you, you missed one. Um, Uh-oh, what's well, the other kind one? Of, I mean, you, you, kind, you kind of pointed out, but it's more the unknown, right? So I want – I just want to be clear that I am so pro-Cap when wanting him to get a chance forever, but a real chance – and I actually made the exact opposite arguments that you did. This is like one of three or four spots in the in the league where there's not an opportunity for him. Like, what is going on? They just traded for Jared Stidham, who already knows the system, who they know very well, who they clearly want to develop and clearly want to be the backup to help everybody else. Derek Carr is the starter, at least for this year. It's only a one-year deal. But Colin Kaepernick's 34. You're not getting Colin Kaepernick to develop him. No. He either needs a chance now yeah. or... Like, why are you bringing him in? He's, Except for other reasons. He's the he's the he could be the backup now, and then when 
Carr is around after this year, and he you know he needs to play well, and then I'm sure the Raiders will basically opt in on this contract that is not guaranteed. We've pointed it out. Yeah, $35 million of it is guaranteed. Then Kaepernick could be the backup for a year. You see what you have in Stiddy. If he shows what he did in New England, I'm sure they move on from there, and then they come up with another project. I, I just I, They literally just traded for Jared Stidham to be the backup. Like I, I don't think that that's a, that's a realistic opportunity. Jared Stidham could be cut. No way. He could be cut at the beginning of the season. Uh, it's, they may it, get a look possible. at him, and they're like, "Stinks." They already have a look at him. Yeah, they've had multiple looks at him. They get they, one more look and here. They traded hey, we for him. What they trade for him? A bag of footballs. Right, but still, they traded for a guy that they know very well. Like they're clearly comfortable with him as the backup. Okay. And also, like Nick Mullins, like he is what he is, but he also did just have a couple of pretty massive games when he's played. Like I don't, I don't think he's a world beater. That's fine. He can, but I also don't think I don't think you're going to get Colin Kaepernick to be your third quarterback either. Like he he needs a spot where he can either compete for the number two job right now or potentially even compete for the starter job. Like if this is Atlanta, I'm like, well, okay, this is awesome, this is great. He's got a chance, but there's too many other factors. Yeah, he competes. Like, he competes. All for of the- those other factors that you listed huh? are that that is what's making me be angry again today. At all this time you wait, and then it's a place that there's no but, not but, really a but chance. Here's the thing, Mark Davis. Four years ago said, you know what? I gave the guys the go-ahead. If they have an interest in Kaepernick, bring him in. We sort of know why Gruden didn't want him in. Sure. Um, I don't know why Mayock wasn't interested in him. And frankly, Mayock didn't have the power. Gruden passed on it. These guys aren't. I mean, I think it's – Adam, it says a lot. For four years, you just said, for four years he's had the green – the organization has the green light to get him. It's and new, when do they get him? It's, the f- day before the first media it's, availability it's after everything breaks. You guys aren't that important. That's nuts. Trust me. You guys aren't that important, and most of the country doesn't care about the Ventrelli New York Times thing. And you even pointed out last week the New York Times thing said nothing. Right, but it indicated there's a lot more deeper things there. Like they can't pay their bills at times. No, no, no. It, 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 the things that weren't in there is what it indicated were, was there. So it's like, okay, what else is there? Guys, what, what have you seen? How is the organization functional? All these other questions that could be and asked. The cynicism. Yeah. It's a brand new regime. It's four years. You've had the green light. Today's the day. Today's the day. Ziggler and, and McDaniels weren't here for four years. They've been here. They didn't have full control for the Patriots, so they couldn't bring him in. If they did this before they traded for Stidham, I'd have I'd probably have a different opinion. This is this Man. infuriates me once again. It's it's completely. You just insane. assume this is a dog and pony show. Yes. Because it it keeps you guys from hunting down the story you really need to hunt down. No, it no, it changes. It's a, you think it it's a smoke screen? No, it oh, changes stop. the discourse. Stop. Because I think you're right. You can cover all no, the you're, stories. You're, you're okay. Yeah, they're not going to cut that off tomorrow. Uh, you're absolutely right that people don't care about us asking about the New York Times questions, but they will care if we don't ask Kaepernick questions. They darn well sure will care. So that's what people would want us to ask, and that's they're what both, we're going to have to ask. They're both big stories. Of course they are. I mean, Kaepernick is a league-wide story, and you know the the Ventrelli. New York Times stuff is pretty big as well. But I don't think they're bringing him in as a shield. I think they have more respect for the guy than that. Well, what was – okay, so what was indicate? what I'm saying is what wasn't there in the New York Times story? There was no substance to the story. I'll, I'll say that right now. Wasn't there was no substance to the story. But it suggested there is a racial problem, a female problem, and other problems in the organization. So do we now want to extend this out like, hey, racial – Cap, we got Cap in here. Uh, gender, we bought the aces. Like everything is cynical around Mark Davis. No, but that—that's the—that's the reality of the world. Come, on. Adam. 
The the other thing in this, you've talked to Mark Davis. Sure. Do you think he has like this sinister like bone in his body where he's got a master plan? Come on. I think Patriots people have master plans. I think we have to see how they operate here before we call them. We're seeing it already. The the Patriots people. All right, a lot to get to. We'll talk to Caleb Herring, former UNLV quarterback of Football Insider on Wednesday as we'll get his take on what's going on with Colin Kaepernick. Again, a workout today hasn't worked out in forever for an NFL team in Vegas working out. I think in Vegas, uh, working out for the Raiders.